Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Carly Leahy for Female Startup Club. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Female Startup Club. I'm your host, Doon Roisin, and today I'm joined by someone I've been admiring from afar for a very long time, Carly Leahy, co-founder of Modern Fertility. Modern Fertility is a women's healthcare company that set out to launch the world's first at-home fertility hormone test in 2017 alongside Afton Vetchery. Since launching, they've successfully gone through Y Combinator, raised $22 million in funding, been named as Fast Company's number one company for innovation in healthcare, and expanded their product range to a pregnancy test, an ovulation test, and an app for women to track their cycle. Their mission is to empower women to understand their bodies and their fertility in an easy-to-digest manner that takes out the fear you can experience when going through this important milestone in a woman's life. Carly's background in lead creative roles for huge companies like Uber and Google has been a major factor in the success of this business. Her skill in creating and marketing a brand for the modern-day woman really shines through, and in this discussion, you'll find so many tactical pieces of advice and information that you can take directly into your own venture. This is Carly for Female Startup Club. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I've been following along the modern fertility journey for a couple of years now. I think I actually first heard about you guys on an episode of Girl Boss a few, few years ago, and I was so inspired by your company and I feel really honored that you're joining me on the show today to talk about the innovation and the disruption that you've had in this critical space for women. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I'm excited to chat. Me too. I'm eager to get back to the early days and go back to the very beginning to understand how you and Afton met, how the business got started. What was those early days of thinking about modern fertility? The good old days. The good old days. So let's see, where do we begin? A little background on me. My uh, my background is in the creative and brand world. So I started out in creative agencies. I worked in-house at Google on creative teams and then in-house at Uber building non-rider driver products like Uber Eats. Um, and when Afton and I met, I was at Uber at the time. And believe it or not, we met through a anon, well, not anonymous, or it was a very good friend, but it was a blind date, essentially. Uh, we did not know each other. And I think everybody assumes, you know, you know, we were friends all of our, our whole lives, and we had sort of decided we were going to do this our whole lives. But um, it was actually a very good friend of ours that sent the most epic intro email of all time and said, you two, you two have to meet. So we, we met for coffee. I um, was very much focused on my career, very much focused on what I was doing at the time. And Afton, my co-founder, my brilliant co-founder, was very bullish on fertility. And she had had sort of an early exposure to the fertility space. She had worked in uh, healthcare private equity and had seen sort of the ins and outs of the fertility clinic world. And she couldn't believe how reactive the fertility system really was. You couldn't really understand what was going on in your body until you were having trouble conceiving. It was kind of backwards. So she was hell-bent on creating something to help women get access to what was going on in their bodies earlier. And when she and I met, I basically told her, this sounds cool, but baby stuff is not for me. 
So I think this is something we can we can talk about as it as it relates to how do you you know how do you come up with an idea or where do you know like your place is or how do you start to just build something? For me, it was a complete blind spot. I thought you know being a feminist meant kind of pushing away all of the motherhood stuff. I always thought I wanted to be a mom, but I was focused on my career and I didn't think fertility was for me because I associated it with with baby stuff that I wasn't ready for. And the more I started, I mean, Afton is brilliant. She, as soon as you start talking to her, you're, you're just like kind of in this world of, wait, wait a second. This is so interesting. Um, I don't love not knowing what I don't know. I consider myself, you know, an intelligent woman and it stuck with me in our conversation. You know, I really don't know all there is to know about my reproductive health. (laughs) I don't know some of the fundamentals. So I started reading clinical papers. I started reading books and I got sucked into the fact that there was so much about my reproductive health and fertility specifically um, that was sort of left out in this world where I had been preventing pregnancy my whole life, focused on my career. And I sort of just assumed, you know, it would happen one day. Um, But the reality is we're waiting longer to have kids. You know, we've got stuff to do, but our biology is exactly the same. Fertility declines over time. And that that doesn't have to be scary. It is what it is. And women need to be able to have tools to help them understand where they are in that trajectory, especially as we're waiting longer. So the origin story is one of Carly being totally blind to sort of this thing that I think many women are sort of are in the same shoes. So for me, it was kind of this really nice ability to authentically take a stance in this thing that I didn't think was for me and make it for me. So um, Afton and I have always talked about, you know, the clinical and science forward aspect of modern fertility, but also the authenticity and the community and the support that we provide. And those two things together are what really create the modern fertility experience. So I really do think sometimes your blind spots are the things that you're most well-equipped to come bring to the world. And now we have this brand that talks like this, you know, because nothing had ever broken through to me before, but it's not dumbed down. She wants all the information. I want all the information. Give me the things I need to know so I can plan proactively and plan ahead. So that was the the beginning. And we started just working on it together. And we actually uh, applied to Y Combinator. And once we got into Y Combinator, I quit my job. And we said, you know, we're, we're doing this thing. So that was kind of the the introduction. Um, and I'll just say to that point, I feel really fortunate that I was in a position to be able to say, yes, I'm going to quit my job and go do this. You know, I, I didn't have student loans, you know, I had a little bit of savings and to myself, it, it, it was sort of this, the worst that could happen is, you know, I, I have to go get a job in a few months, you know, or, and, and I don't think everybody's in that position. So I just want to say, also, there's sort of this myth of like, just quit your job and do it. And like, it's not that e- it's not that easy to do that. Um, it was sort of like a sliver of time. I knew I don't have kids yet. You know, I don't have I don't have a mortgage. Um, <laughs> let's do this and see what happens. And I feel lucky that I was in that place. Yeah, you were able to like assess the risk and be like, you know what? Now's probably the time. I'm not yeah. deep in debt and deep in bills that I, I can't yeah. take that risk at this point. Um, yeah, I think that's really important to note. Definitely. That's a tough one for a lot of people as well, especially if you don't have access to the friends and family capital that you also might need to raise around those kind of times where you're kind of looking to networks and and you haven't got a base to start from, for sure. 
Um, but that's so funny that you met on a blind date and oh, yeah. that you guys, you guys decided to build this company together. Was that blind date, um, was it with the intention of you guys becoming co-founders or was it the intention of you being friends and essentially you kind of giving your opinion on the creative side of building a business? My co-founder Afton is so brilliant. It was absolutely a co-founder date, <laughs> but she was, you know, she was, you know, we were, she was feeling me out. I, I was, I was feeling her out. I, I, I was never the serial entrepreneur that she was. So I didn't, I didn't think I needed to start a company in order to, you know, make a mark on the world. And, and honestly, as a creative person coming from sort of a brand and marketing background, I didn't think that was possible. You know, I, I did think you had to be in finance or an engineer and that is not the case at all. And that's another thing that we can talk about. Um, this is about understanding what people want. This is about being uh, a team player and, and motivating people. This is about being really organized and following through with everything you do. It's about being somebody that people want to work with and you can build up those skills in any functional area. Um, and I was very fortunate that I have a partner often who's, who is very well steeped in, okay, here's what we need to do, you know, to, to lay the fundamental groundwork. And I've learned a ton from her. And then the thing that we did to build modern fertility is find the people who have done each piece of what we were trying to do in a really smart way before in some way, shape or form, track them down and talk to them. <laughs> so if you are a learner and you're not afraid to talk to people and ask for advice, you can really do it no matter what your background is. So in the, in the early days of getting started with Modern Fertility, Afton and I had a list. We built the company on a list. Afton's list, Carly's list. And we would both kind of like look at each other's list and add things and kind of trade things. And we don't know about this. Let's find an expert here and an expert here. And then we, we really talked to the people who were really smart at the things that we were trying to figure out. And we both have our expertise in the areas, you know, that we're really good at. So we were able to cover those. And then slowly but surely, you know, you find you find people to join your team who are really experts at those things that you're asking experts for advice on. So um, there's also no it's no sort of like magical. Oh, all of a sudden a company has been created. It, it was a list and it was every day, all day, ticking through our list toward goals that, the, that both of us had aligned on in order to sort of put one foot in front of the other. And so when you were doing that process of going through this list and, you know, speaking to people, experts in their fields, I imagine people in the medical space. And then I also imagine like tactical things to get things up and running and, you know, maybe unique perspectives and things like that. Was that all prior to Y Combinator and you got yourselves to a point with some kind of MVP, minimum viable product for, for those listening who don't know what that is, um, to be able to get into Y Combinator and then launch from there? Like you hadn't launched yet at that point? Correct. We had not launched or announced the company yet, but we had basically laid the groundwork and we were able to say, here's how far we are from bringing the first comprehensive fertility hormone test that you can take at home to market. Um, and I can back up a little bit, just so everybody knows what we're talking about. Um, Modern Fertility, we're a women's health company. We're really focused on making sure women have access to fertility information before they're ready to have kids. And like I said, it's because we're waiting longer. We actually need to understand what's going on in there earlier in life. And our core product that we're talking about right now is a fertility hormone test you can take at home. It's the exact same panel of hormones that a reproductive endocrinologist would test if you walk into their office and say, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble conceiving or I'm thinking about egg freezing. It's just a fraction of the price and it's more accessible. So that more accessible piece was, was the core piece. And 
um, while everyone else in Y Combinator, not everyone else, that's a, that's a gross exaggeration, but there are many sort of SaaS companies and tech companies that are watching, you know, their, their, their adoption curve skyrocket with people joining their software. We were doing a clinical study, <laughs> you know, like we are a health product. We were recruiting our medical advisory board, working with physicians, obsessing over the research. And we launched and published a concordant study that proved that the finger prick test that we are offering is concordant with a traditional venipuncture draw that you might get if you go to, you know, a lab and, and, and do the lab test that way. So it was the exact same panel of hormones. We were just bringing a new collection method and to make it easier and more accessible and more affordable. Um, and that was the sort of work that we were doing while, you know, everybody else was sort of like growth hacking. Not that we didn't growth hack in our own ways, because um, very early, you know, Afton and I, we wanted to build our reports and get this information in front of women. So we worked with mobile phlebotomists and we worked with physicians to help women get the get the blood testing through sort of the traditional method, just so we could give them the insight, help them understand what was going on. Um, and as a wellness test only, it's always been this balance of saying, here's, here's what your hormone levels are and here's what they mean without being a diagnostic. Here's how you can start a conversation with your doctor. So that was also a line that we, you know, we, we needed to get really good at helping give her information, but making it super crystal clear that she and her doctor are the ones that, you know, um, decide what to do around this information. Yeah. It's obviously a very, um, a deep and personal and intimate space to be playing in yes. in a woman's life for Absolutely. sure. Yes. And that's another piece of advice we got very early on was, you know, when you're an early stage company, your startup, people say, do not think about brand. <laughs> and as a brand person, that was not an option. Um, so I think, I think that's another sort of bonus when you do have a skill set that is a little bit unique and different you know, to a founding team, um, especially founding team in Silicon Valley, use that. So for us, it wasn't just about, you know, making sure women had access to lab testing. It was about making sure there was such thing as fertility, not just infertility, making sure you feel comfortable understanding what's going on in your body and not it not having to feel like, you know, it's your baby crazy or something like that. These sort of like weird undertones that um, are associated with understanding fertility. So very early on, we really cared about how we felt, what we said, what we, what we meant, why we matter. Um, and I think that really served us well. And one, um, one small example of like a million examples was very early on when we were building our logged in experience, which is a very customized dashboard that each woman gets based on her hormone levels and the lifestyle factors she shares. And we basically break down, here's what your hormone levels say. Here's how they can help you understand your ovarian reserve, how many eggs you have, time to menopause, potential success in egg freezing and IVF, all of that stuff. Um, we did a color study because we didn't want her to think there was a good or a bad. There's no red or green. There's no like green light or red light. We're all human beings. We're all on sort of the spectrum. We all start with the same number of, well, not the same number, but we all start with a large number of eggs like in utero and we lose those eggs over time. And that is just like the way our bodies work. So how do we, how do we normalize that in a way that that doesn't have to feel scary or this big kind of like mysterious thing? Because, you know, right now fertility and having a baby is just, maybe it will happen. <laughs> and that is crazy. Like we don't, we don't say maybe I'll have a retirement fund. You know, we don't say, you know, like maybe I'll like, 
I don't know, maybe I'll like win the Olympic, you know, we, we, we work super hard to get to, to get to where we want to be. So, um, and fertility shouldn't be any, any different. And if there are tools that exist, which there are to be able to take a look inside our bodies, we should be able to have those tools. So brand is another thing that mattered. And we can talk more tactically too, about like what exactly that meant building when. Yes, I definitely want to get into that. But before we do, I want to sort of stick around that early, early time in the brand when you've just come out of Y Combinator. I want to know, like, what was the process after that? Because obviously you come out of Y Combinator, you get some capital, you've been able to like really define your offering, who your audience is, I'm sure all of that kind of stuff. Um, But then what happens next? Because I imagine in this space, you need to hire credible people who are medical professionals. I imagine you need to spend a lot of money to put this together. Um, So what's the next phase of bringing a brand like yours to life in those early days? Yes, great question. And while many people are hiring, you know, engineering teams, we are hiring clinical researchers. (laughs) Again, another difference. We did hire um, um, amazing engineers as well, but um, that's a little bit different. So Yes, we were focused on bringing the actual hormone test to market. So when we left YC, we announced that the company existed and we opened up pre-orders for the modern fertility hormone test. We said, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're all about. You know, here's what we've learned. Here's what we're going to do. And we were blown away by the response. The, we were, you know, you're always, you're scared about, <laughs> you never know how it's going to go. Um especially sort of like creating a new market for something, you know, Hey, there, there's something called fertility, not just infertility. We can get ahead of this stuff. The resounding response was how has this not existed before, which is, which was amazing. Um, and it, we put our heads down to build it and make, make it happen. Um, so step one was building our medical advisory board. We have um, over time. And that was sort of this combination of, connections that we had had and we were searching for the right people who are experts in the space on everything from, you know, the core hormone that helps you understand ovarian reserve, AMH, Scott Nelson, the, the premier expert on that one hormone to Dr. Nataki Douglas, who's the chair of our medical advisory board. She's a reproductive endocrinologist um, who has done amazing things, both on the research side and on the care side um, to help women and build their families. So that was sort of step one. Um, and at the same time, it was, okay, now let's, we have to build the digital experience to map to this excellent clinical experience and these, this clinical operation that we're, that we're developing as well. So we very early, as part of developing that digital experience, started a community. And very early, we started a blog. Neither the community nor the blog had, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me, but ROI, like immediate ROI, right? This is again, like an investment in something that you cannot, you know, show the spiking numbers, um, like, like other products might be able to, but we were so convinced that there was, that there wasn't a great resource for women to be able to proactively understand what was going on in their bodies, that we could be the thought leaders. We could really talk to women in human speak about what was going on and not just about our product, but about anything related to, you know, fertility and reproductive health. So those two pieces, creating that community for people who are just trying to figure out what their timeline should be. People who are in between their communities for moms or communities for people who are trying to conceive. What about that in between place where you just want to see, you know, I just got engaged, but I'm, but now COVID and, you know, should I wait to have a kid? How are you thinking about this? So 
we found that there was a huge need and gap for that. Um, and then on the content side, you don't see, you know, SEO juices flowing to your blog for months and months and months. It's about um, finding out what, what people care about. It's about creating the best possible content, working with our medical advisors obsessively to make sure the caliber is really high. And we just kept at it until we started really gaining traction. And we started seeing that women were really finding us through, you know, through our blog. So um, those, I'd say those two pieces really early on um, have, have laid the groundwork for how we think about, you know, bringing customers in, taking care of them, doing it in a way that is brand additive. Um, if we had our way, we would never do an advertisement. <laughs> we would just do education. Like, did you know this? Did you know that, you know, did you know you're born with all the eggs you've ever, you'll ever have? Do you know you actually take turns ovulating out of each ovary? Do you know, you know, there's all these just amazing, amazing things that we we're so lucky as a brand that we get to dig into and like, and obsess about. So um, that's really been our approach. And the more that we're able to, um, to just provide the education, the stronger sort of our, our whole ecosystem becomes. Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting. And It's funny because you're saying those things and I'm like, I actually didn't know that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
And I think what you guys do really well is your tone of voice and your language is like approachable. It's safe space. It's like easy to understand. It's easy to digest. It's not some scary jargon heavy, you know, la-di-da thing, um, which is really important. And that obviously brings us into the brand overall. And I'm super excited to talk to you about this because obviously something you guys are doing really well is the actual brand, how you look, how, how you sound, how you feel. Um, it's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And I do want to talk about your background in these creative roles within companies like Uber and Google and how that has prepped you essentially for your role now in creating a brand from scratch and what you've learned from your lessons at those companies and what you've been able to bring across. And especially for women who might be listening, who are starting a brand or who are in that kind of creative space, what's important to understand when you are in this process? It's about 50 questions all put into one. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see how we do. So um, very early in my career, I was a, a brand planner, creative strategist on very like well-known brands in the U.S. And I worked on the P&G business mostly. So on Tide, Downey, Duracell, Gain, all of those, um, Olay. Um, so very, very early, I was exposed to, you know, brand fundamental work, how important it is to have a brand pyramid. This all sounds very floofy, but it's, it's super important to understand what your brand attributes are, what you believe as a brand um, you know, to separate functional benefits of your product and emotional benefits that you want people to feel and to really lay those out. You know, of course, everybody talks about a mission statement sort of in Silicon Valley, and, and that's important too. And then sort of like that tip of that, the pyramid is really like your brand essence. Like what is your, um, you know, Volvo is about safety. You just know it. Coke is about happiness. You just know it. Like what is everything you're doing sort of laddering, laddering up to? So um, really, really putting a stake in the ground there and being able to separate, you know, what is your brand say and how is it different from what your product positioning is? Because very often in a go to market, it's about um, and you need a positioning statement for, you know, for your product. But I would also say for your brand itself, who is the brand? And then, you know, like, what is the product within the brand? Um, I think very often and for us as well, our our original brand was very much like this is our new product. <laughs> you know, like we're bringing this new thing to market that's never existed before. And you kind of have to evolve out of that a little bit. So um, first thing I'll say is brand fundamentals. You can just um, just Google around, Google a brand pyramid and see like sort of what that structure is. Put a stake in the ground. And then as your team grows, it's it's helpful for everybody to be able to rally, uh, rally toward those things. And then they'll change. And that's OK, too. Um, and then from a brand identity standpoint, it's so important to be consistent with what you're putting out there. It's important to have guardrails. It's important to develop something that feels like you. Um, and no matter what, you'll have sort of like if you work with a, you know, one designer to help you create an identity, a logo, a color palette, um, no matter what, you will blow it up. Um, as you actually start making things, you know, as you start putting Instagram together, as you start, if you, if you try direct mail, if you try a video, the brand will just sort of like flex and expand based on all of these channels. And that's okay too. As long as then you take a look at it all and you're like, Ooh, we need to rein this in. You know, we need an illustration style. We need a photography style. We need it to feel uniquely us. Um, one thing we have noticed a lot of, um, like, a lot of lookalike things <laughs> happening. I'm sure. I mean, millennial brands um, 
all start to sort of like blend together. But like we notice things that we've done that like that we see other brands do, you know, there's all sorts of there's it just kind of gets a little muddy. So you really need to sort of tighten it and create an identity that is you. Um, and sometimes that means like restricting your color. Sometimes that means restricting the things you do. And it could feel like a little tricky, but um, that piece is, is super important. And then I think in terms of like actionability, like how do you then like bring your brand to the world? It's with every single touch point that you put out there. But one of the most important is your voice and your tone. And we have at Modern Fertility, um, we have an amazing content team. Um, at the very beginning, you know, we didn't have an amazing content team. We had, you know, Afton and I, and I was working with writers and we, we would get, we put down in writing, like, here's our voice. Here's how we sound. We do this. We don't do this. And now our content team has an amazing editorial style guide. Um, Hannah, who leads our content is, is just wonderful. And we have like attributes of our personality. It's like, you know, (laughs) um, and it's, it's very thorough, um, And we talk about ourselves as sort of like your best friend, if your best friend happened to be an OBGYN who knows everything about reproductive health, but not just knows about it, actually does research to make it better. (laughs) So it's like, um, and we kind of measure ourselves against that all the time. And we have all of these little sort of like things we do and don't do. So uh, documentation is really important. As the brand evolves, it's all going to like flex and change. But as long as you like set these moments in time for yourself to then kind of like hone in and create new guidelines and really take the time to do that, um, you'll be in a good place. And even us, we have things on our website. We have things in different places that are still outdated to us in terms of how our brand has evolved. But there are certain things that perform really well. There are certain things people really like that may not like align with our perfect brand, the way we want it to look or feel or sound. So we could talk about that also. It's the classic tension of like, you know, performance marketing and growth and brand. How do you make sure those things work seamlessly together? And we're, we're very lucky. Our team is really focused on making sure she has the best possible experience. And that always comes first. And we'll never do something just because like, you know, it's going to help us grow that isn't in her best interest. But sometimes like the ugly thing, <laughs> the ugly thing wins. Um, so how do you, how do you sort of, how do you rectify that? I don't, I don't think that's a new challenge for anyone. Um, for sure. It's a day to day. I was actually reading your reviews and I was picking up on um, this one particular woman had said, you know, she felt that she wasn't embarrassed to have something like your pregnancy test, like in her cupboard, like showing on her shelf kind of thing. Like it's not, it's not a package that needs to be hidden anymore. It's a package that needs to be shown. Exactly. Yes. I love it. I'm looking at it right now. Amazing. (laughs) Um, And I, I totally get that because I just think you guys have done such a good job at the packaging. And I imagine it also stands, stands out against these kind of outdated things of, you know, pregnancy tests, that are online, um, yeah. not online, in, on the store, um, on the store shelf at the moment. So, yeah, it's really cool what you guys have been doing. Thank you. Yeah, the, um, we've talked a bit about the hormone test. We very recently, all remotely during you know shelter in place, launched two new physical products and an app. Um, the app we're actually doing um, some more around the app tomorrow. Um, so stay tuned, or stay I don't know when this will air, but maybe it's already out there. Um, but our community has been asking for, and, and this is one of also the challenges, and we could talk about that too. Our community has been asking for so much more. They want more from us. You know, like, I want to understand this part, this part, this part. Um, and pregnancy and ovulation tests were two huge, huge things we continued to hear. Do I even ovulate? I don't know. I was on the IUD for six years. I don't know. You know, 
am I, is an egg dropping out of my ovary? (laughs) And it's a very good question. And our belief, and we've seen this from our community is she wants to know that even if she's not trying right this second, she wants to know if it's all working well down there. And, and that is like revolutionary in this world where you walk down the aisle and they're all have babies on them. You know, it's, it, it, like these tools, we can use these tools before we're actually trying. Um, same with the pregnancy tests, right? Like I think it's something like 46% of pregnancies are unplanned. You know, we need pregnancy tests sometimes. Like we just do. So we should be able to have those and like not be embarrassed to have them in our medicine cabinet. So yeah, I, um, it's really, it's really, what are all of the things that we feel like aren't for us that could actually help us understand our bodies? You know, where can they be improved? How can we make them more efficient and affordable? And how do we sort of like democratize access to all of it? And then how do we help you sort of like paint one picture of what it's all looking like? So your fertility changing over time with the hormone test, and then like more on a micro level, your, your cycle, you know, day to day, month to month. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a product that we all need. Um, I really hope that you guys expand globally. Speaking of the kinds of, of touching on challenges that you face, I imagine now getting to the scale that you are at, one of the challenges could potentially be getting it, you know, to everyone around the world. And, and obviously that's a big um, yes. challenge to have, a good one too. Is that, is that something you guys are trying to do? Is that in the future? Oh, there are so many things we're trying to do. It's, it is at our stage, it is, and this, this also may sound um, cliche, but it is about trade-offs and it's about prioritization. So we want to support women everywhere. We also need to be able to navigate, you know, the regulatory pathway for wellness tests everywhere. Um, We also need to be able to uh, serve our customers our current customers with reordering more over time, we have to be able to support our community and bring our community in line with the rest of the experience. So um, the short answer is yes, absolutely. We want to help every single person with ovaries on the planet get access to this information. And we will stop at nothing until we do. We'll stop at nothing until we stop hearing, I wish I would have known this, or I wish I would have had this. We hear that every day from older women or women who have had trouble so until we stop hearing that, and unfortunately, we are like only getting started with fertility issues because we are waiting longer to have kids. Um, but until we stop hearing that, we have not done our, our job right. So, yes, we are we are thinking about all the all the things as it relates to expansion. It's just, you know, we're we we still have to really ruthlessly prioritize what we're what we're focused on, because if you if you do spread yourself too thin, you know, you're it's it can be, it can be messy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I want to talk about marketing and obviously it must've changed a lot in the early days when you were kind of just starting to grow and getting out of, um, YC versus now having raised, I think $22 million or, or whatever really cool amount you've raised, uh, so far. What's the difference now to your marketing style and what are the kinds of levers that you're pulling to acquire new customers at scale and get the word out there to, to your target customer. The biggest difference is an amazing marketing team. (laughs) So, um, when we first started out, we, we, um, brought on one growth marketer who was incredible and basically held down 14 channels and experiments. And we were just trying to see literally, we were just trying to see, okay, where, you know, where can we reach her? What should we do? 
And over time, now we've been able to say, okay, let's, you know, let's focus on email and life cycle. Let's make sure she's got a great experience when she comes, when she comes in and takes the test and understands the value of the test. And if she has trouble, let's help her. Let's invite her to the community. Let's help her, um, you know, understand her fertility the next year. So that whole piece now has a focus, has somebody focused on it, which is amazing. You know, we have a focus on social. We have a focus on, on product marketing, which in tech land is I've worked with tons of product marketers, but product marketing is different everywhere you go. Um, some, in some places it's very much like marketing the features of a, of a new product. So at an Uber, for example, like on Uber Eats, it was like, hi, we have this new, like split the order with your friends feature, that kind of thing. Or product marketing can really be more brand focused. Like what, what do we need to stand for? And like, what are the big sort of broader campaign initiatives we need to do over time in order to like end up standing for that? So um, product marketing, I would say in, in startup world often like comes later. And that's another, I would, if there is advice to give, I would say, yes, growth marketing is really important. And like, that's where most people focus. Cause it's so, you have to be so sort of tangible about the money you put in and the money and like the sales you drive. Um, but brand and product marketing is just like a game changer in terms of like, guiding the ship. Um, from everything from how do we message and, and bring new products to market to how do we make sure this all ladders up into something cohesive. So um, now we have somebody focused there, which is which is amazing. So um, that's the difference. It's the difference between lots of experimentation and sort of like really starting small on the marketing front to like building a team where people can be focused and really, really thoughtful in each different channel and then we can really understand how those channels connect and and work together yeah really having the experts who know that specific channel and they know it really well (laughs) and before you have the market the big marketing team so what we did was you know we worked with great consultants who were good at you know certain different marketing channels and that's okay too you can test into different things before you you know have raised around or before you're ready to sort of like hire a full-time marketing team we didn't you know we we've only now sort of like really you know, we really feel like we have like a marketing organization, right? But for for a while, it was, hey, you know, affiliates and influencers, you know, it feels like, how do we get it? It feels like the Wild West out there. Like, how do we find an expert who's really good at that? So you don't have to be an expert in everything. You just need to find the people and you can set up, you can set up a small scope for a month, you know, at like X hours a week or something. You can establish KPIs for whatever that channel is and you can check in on it. And then you as a founder are able to learn, okay, is affiliate and influencer something that makes sense for my business? Is it too early to tell? Should I invest more in this? Um, and then often um, there are all sorts of different companies now, like agencies who allow you to, you know, like work on sort of a, with a contract, like on a contract base basis with an expert that then you can hire even. So you can sort of like, test drive these different things to see how they work for your business. I think I saw a company recently, I saw it advertised in the Lean Lux newsletter called Marketer Hire, I think. Uh-huh. And it's basically like that you hire these like contractors from huge companies who have worked on building Away, building Airbnb, etc. And I was like, God, that sounds really cool. <laughs> exactly. And many of them are moonlighting. Like many of them are like a side hustle, right? Yeah. But that's exactly it. You want the person who's done the exact that exact thing is an expert at that exact thing and they've proven yeah exactly they've worked at one of these companies you've heard of that has done really well so um yeah don't stress about hiring yeah getting your full marketing team in the door day one it's just not going to happen it took us years to do that um but we said okay what are all the channels we could possibly 
talk to her through and how do we find somebody who's really good at those? I love that. That's such, um, such a great piece of advice. And on that note, what is your key piece of advice for women who do have a big idea and want to start their own business? Key piece of advice. Um, <laughs> aside from the fact that your calling and your idea actually might be something that you didn't know anything about to start or it was a total blind spot to you. Um, I think the key piece of advice is what I was alluding to a little bit before with the list that Afton and I started with. People say, you know, some people say like, you just know when you know that you're going to like quit your job and start a thing. And there's never a good time. It's kind of like when deciding to have a baby, like I don't think there's ever a good time for that. Um, uh, so I think it's my advice would be start a list. Um, (laughs) like what are all of the things that you need to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish and then chunk it up, break it up and like chip away at that list every day. There's no way you're going to be able to accomplish everything in a day. It can be completely overwhelming to get started because there's, there's so much to do. Um, but what if you made yourself basically an outline from today to like the launch of your company and, like, what would that outline look like? And then like, what would you do tomorrow to chip away at that outline? And then it's about like accountability to yourself. So Afton and I are both very, we're just very conscientious, very like type A people. And we did not have any interest in wasting our time, you know, in like, you know, kind of like doing this halfway. We were, it was like, we were either doing this with everything we have or not. So Um, I think that having a partner who has that mentality also does really help. And I know, um, I know co-founder dating and finding that right person can be really tricky, but if you have that within yourself, that's amazing. (laughs) And to like stay diligent, diligently attacking that list every single day, it really does take every single day. Like in the beginning, it is every single day you are like working at that thing. If you want to get there quickly, you know, if you want it it to manifest quickly, if you, you know, want to start sort of like a lifestyle business and do it on the side, like you can add as much or as little as here and there. And that that's totally fine too. I'm talking like you want to go out and you want to raise money and you want to, you know, you want to like drive growth and you want to do, you want to, you have big plans, like set, set up your guidelines for yourself and like hold yourself accountable to those. And I think as well, I've spoken about this before is the compound effect of all of those small steps that you might not think is a big idea, but on the day that you don't feel like doing anything, just do the least hard task and just get one little thing done and it will all compound. Yeah, sure. And often it's not like you're not often like, are you not every day like doing slides or writing docs or whatever? Often your days are from early in the morning to late at night. You're on the phone with (laughs) experts and people and a consultant to help you with this. And exactly. And customers, um, especially customers. So I found that our very early days were like a lot of us like talking to people and trying to, trying to put the pieces together. And then, yeah. And then we had to sort of document, okay, here's where I am. Here's where I am. And after I also, you know, we had our list, but we also just use our inbox as like, here's the update here sort of as, as a to-do list as well. But it can feel, it's sort of like, yeah, what do I physically do <laughs> to get my company off the ground? And I was always really frustrated that nobody could tell me like how they started their company, like tactically, why can't you tell me? And I think it's, as your company grows, I think you might get more, like you might get more removed from like the nitty gritty. But I remember very clearly (laughs) every little, 
every little step that we had to take in order to make this happen. So yeah, it's an everyday tick through the list piece of advice. It's so funny that you say that because that's literally why I started this podcast was to understand like the actual, but how, and like, how did you grow and how? (laughs) I know. And even me now with you, because we have, you know, like 45 minutes, I'm like, yeah, and it was this kind of, it was like this phase and this phase. And maybe we can have another conversation where it's like, okay, I I started this document. It said this, then I talked to this person. Then we tried, we experimented with this. But um, yeah, every time I talk to other female founders, I always try to give them, here's a really tactical tidbit. Here's what I learned here. Here's what I learned here. Because I found the exact same thing. Nobody really, it's very broad strokes, which can be frustrating. (laughs) You should document those tactical tips that you send and just like keep publishing them online or something. That would be so cool. I should. I should. I should. Many things we should do. Yes, I know. I'll put it on my list. Yeah, put it on that (laughs) list. We are up to the six quick questions. Ready to go? All right. Question number one is what's your why? My why is to work on something that matters with people who are way smarter than me. I get to learn from them every day. And I know this is a rambling why. And lead with kindness because I think you can be a really strong, powerful leader and be very kind. And I think often women leaders think they have to be something else or, you know, firm or something, but you can really be yourself and you can be kind and be a good person and really motivate people that way. I appreciate the ramble and I agree. It's so important. Question number two is what's the number one marketing moment that's made your business pop? So I'm going to say our thought leadership. So we do um, something called the modern state of fertility every year. And we've seen a lot of success with that. But this this year we did one um, digging into fertility and finances and careers Um, And we actually had done the whole survey of asking women, you know, how are you thinking about timing for kids? Like, do you want to get to a certain career milestone? Do you want to get to a financial milestone? Um, And then COVID happened. And we went back and redid the whole thing and and talked to all those people again and said, hey, how about now? (laughs) And it was crazy. Um, 60% plus people said, I'm reevaluating, you know actually having a kid. Um, so to be able to do something really timely, um, that was really connected to everything we're all about, which is planning earlier for kids was, was really cool. And we were fortunate to get a ton of pickup and exactly for the right reasons, right? Like it's about what your brand is about and what we want to help women with in the world. So that is the stuff that really, um, yes, it's, it like helps the business, but it just like it, that's why we do what we do. So I love that. It's funny how COVID has had those moments of like impacting brands in a really positive way um, when it's obviously a really negative thing that's happened in the world. It's it's quite funny hearing those tidbits of, you know, how it's changed for brands. Fascinating. It's really fascinating. Um, question number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? In nonfiction books. I love nonfiction. I, um, Eric Larson's book on Churchill that he published this summer is amazing. I love reading about like American history. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I highly recommend a book called you never forget your first, which is a biography of George Washington by a woman. And like 99% of the biography is written 
on George Washington have been written by white men. And she just like totally annihilates the way the history has been written before. And it's amazing. So um, I love, I love nonfiction. And I think, and I especially love it in times of crisis, I think, because it helps me remember that like, I'm so lucky so often or, and so, you know, people there, there has been so much suffering in history that um, it actually helps ground me. I know that isn't super uplifting, but um, I also love knowing that the people in history were like had minds and thoughts and it just like, it just blows my mind. I don't like that they were so smart and so flawed. So there's something about that that really helps me connect with like why we're all here and what we're doing. And I really do think you learn from what, what has actually happened in the world. So that's where I go. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in times like today (laughs) where the world is a crazy place. Um, Question number four is how do you win the day? And that's around your AM and PM rituals, things you do that keep you feeling productive, successful, kicking, kicking your goals. I have a sweat every morning in some way, shape or form thing. I do. I, um, I played field hockey in college. So I think being a collegiate athlete, it just kind of, it kind of sticks with you. So it doesn't really matter what the sweat is. Sometimes it's a bike ride. Sometimes it's a run. Sometimes it's a walk. Sometimes it's a few push-ups. But um, a sweat every day. And Afton knows this. My co-founder Afton knows this too. If like, you know, we're up really early or something and I haven't gotten my sweat in. She's like, oh no. Because <laughs> it's kind of like, and my fiance says this too, that like he has to, we have to, he has to like run me in the morning and then I'm, I'm good. There's something about your body having, you know, persevered in and of itself that feels really powerful to me. And like, even before the day starts. So you've already accomplished something. Now everything else is sort of gravy. I went through a phase of doing um, freezing cold showers for like four, the last four months. I only stopped recently. And it's that same feeling where I was like, I can do anything I want because I just overcame this freezing cold shower, which makes me want to cry. (laughs) Wow, Um, I'm impressed. I haven't done that one yet, should I? Oh my God, you absolutely should. It is so good. And especially like, this sounds really weird, but do it in winter like start it when it's really something that you are like you're going to come out of that shower and be like I'm so proud of myself because no one else is doing this I can tell you that (laughs) this is a big thing um and just one quick side note is I also think um having been an athlete in college there's there's so many interesting um pointers around the mindset that you develop from being an athlete and I've been reading a lot about those parallels between your um productivity and your performance from athlete to um entrepreneur so that's a really interesting insight yes and your leadership i exactly sometimes will be in our all hands meetings and i'll have these flashes to being the captain of my high school field hockey team and i'm like we did the same you know you're doing psych ups you're motivating people you're connecting your um and and you know in college sports too, but it doesn't have to just be a college sport, you know, high school sports, middle school sports are really formative also. So I think I learned how to lose. I learned how to, I mean, I I learned how to win, (laughs) but I, but, but I learned, um, I learned how to take feedback because being coachable, you know, you have to be coachable and it doesn't feel good when you mess something up and then you get, you know, you get feedback, but like, that's how you, you got it. You take it, 
you, you use it, you fuel it, you move forward. Team player. Exactly. I think it really, and this is another cliche that it builds character. But for me, I was, I was out there, you know, from, you know, seven years old playing on teams. And I think, I really think that, that, that helped me. And again, I, I was not an entrepreneurship major or finance major, but like team sports plus creative person, I'm here to say is a good, you will succeed. Plus middle children. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'm also a middle child and I'm an advocate for middle children. <laughs> um, question number five is if you only had $1,000 left in your business bank account, where would you spend it? Research. And um, research talking to our customers and research putting out something into the world that actually helps people a la our um, research into finances and fertility and COVID um, because that is the stuff that is the core of what we're doing. We're trying to move research forward. Um, and if we only had a thousand dollars left, I would want to, I would want to get out what the state of fertility is today um, and make a difference to research. Incredible. And last question is how do you deal with failure? And it can be like a personal experience or it can be just your general mindset and approach. I am one of those people who can rationalize a disappointment um, and then make it make myself happy about it. So I'm very lucky that I have those tools. I'm a big planner. So I think ahead and I have an idea of like what success looks like or how I want things to go. And when they don't go that way, I am very disappointed because I'm a planner and I have like carved this out in my head. But once I have some time to sort of sit with that disappointment, I am able to reframe like the new goal. So I think I'm lucky that I have that tool and I 100% learned it from my mom who is like onward and upward. You put your, you put your one foot in front of the other. Um, there was never any whining allowed in my house. You know, there was... <laughs> It was um, when something sad or disappointing happens, like life, life moves on. And that was, that was really, she just, that's always how she operated. So I think I'm very fortunate that I have that, that muscle because I do think it's a, I do think it's a muscle and a tool and I'm glad I had it before starting the company. For sure. The sun always, always rises tomorrow. It does. Thank you so much for being part of the Female Startup Club podcast. I have absolutely loved chatting to you and I'm going to be cheering for you on the sidelines for what you guys do next. And I hope that you guys go global. I hope that you kick all your goals in this really important space. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. 
As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 